Section 3 of Commentary on the Gospel of John, Book 8, by Cyril of Alexandria, translated by Rev. Thomas Randall. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. 31. Now is the judgment of this world. Now shall the prince of this world be cast out. This sore yearned-for time of the Saviour's sojourn upon earth showed that the judgment and justice for the Gentiles was already come for they were about to be delivered from the arrogant usurpation of the devil and the holy and righteous judge was portioning out most righteous mercy to them for i think we ought not to suppose that the world was even now being condemned when the moment of its justification was come but judgment in the sense of vengeance shall come upon the world hereafter again the prince of this world shall be cast out there shall be he says judgment against him that wronged the world and not against the world that endured the wrong for truly as christ himself said god sent not his son to judge the world but to save the world this then he says will be the character of the impending judgment that the prince of this world shall be cast out and cast out whence manifestly from the dominion that hath been gained by him through violence, and from the kingdom that in no wise belongs to him. And out indicates the punishment of Hades and the passage to it. 32. And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto myself. Howbeit, after that Christ had given himself unto the Father for our salvation as a spotless victim, and was now on the point of paying the penalties that he suffered on our behalf, we were ransomed from the accusations of sin. And so, when the beast has been removed from our midst, and the tyrant is deposed, then Christ brings unto himself the race that had strayed away calling not only jews but all mankind as well unto salvation through the faith that is in him for whereas the calling through the law was partial that through christ was universal for christ alone as god was able to procure all good things for us and with exceeding good omen he speaks of being uplifted instead of being crucified for he would keep the mystery invisible to those intent on killing him, for they were not worthy to learn it. Nevertheless, he allowed them that were wiser to understand that he would suffer because of all and on behalf of all. And especially, I suppose, any one might take it in this way, and very fitly. That the death on the cross was an exaltation, which is ever associated in our thoughts with honour and glory for on this account too christ is glorified forasmuch as the benefits he procured for humanity thereby are many and by these he draws men unto himself and does not like the disciples lead them to another he shows therefore that he is himself by nature god in that he does not put the father outside himself for it is through the Son that a man is drawn unto the knowledge of the Father. 33. But this he said, signifying by what manner of death he should die. 
hereby the evangelist showed that the lord did not suffer in ignorance but voluntarily and with full knowledge not only that he was dying but also in what manner and he named the cross as his death thirty four the multitude therefore answered him we have heard out of the law that christ abideth for ever and how sayest thou the son of man must be lifted up who is this son of man and this they say as we have remarked understanding that being lifted up meant being crucified for it was their wont to signify by more auspicious names things which pointed directly to sore disasters they essay therefore by means of the scripture to prove that christ speaks falsehood for the scripture says one of them denies that the christ is but for a time when it says concerning him thou art a priest for ever how then sayest thou i am the christ whereas thou sayest that thou wilt die for because they understand not the jews say that by reason of the passion he cannot be christ and they deny that it was written that the christ must suffer and rise again and ascend unto the father to be minister of the sanctuary and high priest of our souls when he should be turned to life a conqueror and incorruptible albeit the scripture foretells expressly not only that he should come in this common fashion of a man but that he should die for the life of all men and should return to life again after breaking asunder the bonds of death whereby the saying that christ abideth for ever is fully and fitly accomplished for when he had shown himself superior to death and corruption he ascended unto the father thirty five jesus therefore said unto them yet a little while is the light among you walk while ye have the light that the darkness overtake you not and he that walketh in the darkness knoweth not whither he goeth to the jews without understanding and faithless as they were the christ does not clearly and at length declare the deep mystery of the saying but he speeds on at once to utter another at the same time both expounding what is profitable for them and showing them the cause wherefore they do not understand the things in the scriptures and that if they believed not him who is light the darkness of ignorance would overtake them without fail and they would forfeit the benefits that come of the light for inasmuch as their expectations were drawn from the scripture they looked for the messiah as a light but when he came all their hopes fell out contrarywise for a darkness overtook them because of their unbelief recover yourselves therefore saith he speedily while it is possible for you to win some small share in the radiance of the divine light in order that the darkness of sin overtake you not and right well he said that after the light cometh the darkness for the darkness presseth hard on the track of the departing light but whereas he spake of the light using the definite article he signified himself for he alone is in truth the light thirty six while ye have the light believe on the light that ye may become sons of light he proved therefore that the faith which is in him 
through whom a man comes to the knowledge also of the father is the way of salvation and he names them sons of light whether of himself or of the father for he speaks of the father as light after having spoken of himself as light in order to show that the nature of himself and of his father is one and we become sons of the father when through the faith which is in christ we accept the father who is light for then shall we also be entitled children of god these things spake jesus and he departed and hid himself from them after teaching them in few words what was profitable once again by god befitting power he betakes himself from their midst concealing himself and not permitting them to be roused to anger but giving them opportunity to change their mind with intent that they might do what was better and he withdraws with a set purpose his passion being nigh showing that it was not his will to be put to death by the jews notwithstanding that he willingly yielded himself up to suffer giving himself a ransom for our life and accepted death which men naturally liken unto sorrow and changed the sorrow into gladness thirty seven but though he had done so many signs before them yet they believed not on him and the evangelist wishing to convict their immoderate stubbornness adds also the words before them showing that they did not believe even what they saw thirty eight thirty nine forty that the word of isaiah might be fulfilled which he spake lord who hath believed our report and to whom hath the arm of the lord been revealed for this cause they could not believe for that of old isaiah said he hath blinded their eyes and he hardened their heart lest they should see with their eyes and perceive with their heart and should be converted and i should heal them it was not however with intent to fulfil the prophecies that the jews slew the lord for in that case they would not have been impious but it was by reason of their own malignity for although the prophets foretold the things which were certainly to be brought to pass by their determined evil counsel they foretold it for this cause that the sober might leap over the pitfalls of the devil for surely they who heard might also have taken heed on which account also the prediction was needful again a solution of another question that it was not god who blinded the jews for else he would not have required them to give account thereof forasmuch as he surely pardons involuntary offences but the meaning is on this wise it is just as though isaiah were setting before us as having been spoken by god the words if i should become a man and with mine own voice expound unto you what is profitable not even so will ye hearken unto me as neither did ye hearken unto the prophets neither when ye see signs beyond description will ye be profited aught by seeing them this is really what ye will not see means for he did not say i will harden their hearts and blind their eyes but he said although ye hear ye will not hear and though ye see ye will not see 
in order that ye may not be converted, and I may heal you. For if they had heard and seen in such a way as they ought, they would surely have found benefit thereby. And so the passage contains no indication of an inevitable punishment, nor does it set forth a decree of one condemning and sentencing the Jews. But it is a prediction given with a good purpose. For he knew what manner of men they were going to become, and he made a declaration concerning them. Yet the saying does not go against all the Jews, but only against the unbelieving, for many of them have believed. In this way, therefore, the seventy have rendered the passage. But it is likely that the evangelist followed the text of the Hebrews, which differs from that of the seventy, and therefore said, For this cause they could not believe, because he hath blinded them and so far as the actual wording of the prophet goes he has not said that god blinded them and it is likely that some one else did this in order that the jews should not convert and find healing but even though we should accept the supposition that god blinded them yet it must be understood in this way that he allowed them to suffer blinding at the hands of the devil when they were not good as regards their character for in this way he gives up to a reprobate mind and to passion those who are of a disposition like theirs. But whilst they were such, it was not just that they should know the depth of the mystery and its secrets, seeing that they were men that kept not even the commandments of the law. Whereas then they received neither the law nor the ordinances of the gospel, closing fast the eye of their understanding. On this account they receive not the instruction that is able to illuminate them. 42.43 Nevertheless, even of the rulers many believed on him, but because of the Pharisees they did not confess it, lest they should be put out of the synagogue, for they loved the glory of men more than the glory of God. Now, however, when constrained by the signs to believe, and no longer daring to gainsay the Lord, they fail of eternal life through the persistence of their own abominable perversity in esteeming their position in the eyes of men higher than their relationship to God, and in being slaves of a temporal glory, deeming it an intolerable loss to fail of honor at the hands of the Pharisees. For as much, therefore, as this was what hindered them from believing, hear what the Christ says. 44.45 And Jesus cried and said, He that believeth on me, believeth not on me, but on him that sent me. And he that beholdeth me, beholdeth him that sent me. Contrary to his want, he cries aloud, and the cry convicts the ill-timed fear of men which influenced those who believed on him, and yet veiled their belief. For he wishes to be honored of men that choose to admire him, not stealthily, but openly. For he assumed that while faith ought to be laid up in the heart, nevertheless the most wise confession that is founded thereon ought to be made with great boldness and forasmuch as being by nature god he condescended to take a form like ours he refuses for the time to declare in plain words into the ears of men who hate him that they ought to believe in him although he often did say this 
and with fullest adaptation to the needs of those who suffer the distemper of untamable envy at him he gradually accustoms their minds to penetrate towards the depth of the mysteries concerning him leading them not to the human person but to that which was of the divine essence inasmuch as the godhead is apprehended completely in the person of god the father for he hath in himself the son and the spirit exceeding wisely he carries them onward saying he that believeth on me believeth not on me but on him that sent me for he does not exclude himself from being believed on by us because he is god by nature and has shown forth from god the father but skilfully as has been said he handles the mind of the weak to mould them to piety in order that thou mightest understand him to say something of this kind when ye believe on me who for your sakes am on the one hand a man like yourselves but on the other hand am god by reason of my own nature and of the father from whom i am do not suppose that it is upon a man you are setting your faith for i am by nature god notwithstanding that i appear like one of yourselves and i have within myself him who begat me forasmuch therefore as i am consubstantial with him that hath begotten me your faith will assuredly pass on also to the father himself as we said therefore the lord gradually training them to something better and profitably interweaving the human with what is god befitting said he that believeth on me and the words that follow for that the faith must not be directed simply to a man but to the nature of god notwithstanding that the word was clothed in flesh because his nature was not converted into man he hath very clearly informed us and that he is on an equality in every respect with god the father by reason of their likeness of nature and their identity as we may term it of essence he made amply clear by saying forty six i am come a light into the world that whosoever believeth on me may not abide in the darkness behold again he grasps their faith and fixes it on himself and effects at once two most useful ends for on the one hand in professing himself to be light he proves that he is god by nature for so to be called befits him alone who is in his nature god and on the other hand by adding the cause of his coming he brings a blush to the cheek of any man who thinks but little of loving him because we evidently must understand that those who had not yet believed on him are as yet in darkness inasmuch as to be in the light that flows from him is theirs only who have believed on him and he leads them also to the remembrance of the things that are spoken in many passages concerning him whereby he foretold that he would come to enlighten the world as for example be enlightened be enlightened o jerusalem for thy light the true light is come and the glory of the lord is risen upon thee and send out thy light and thy truth therefore it is just as if he had said i am the light that in the scripture is looked for to come for the salvation of the world 
to enlighten them that are wandering in darkness as if in night. 48. The word that I spake, the same shall judge him in the last day. They will be self-condemned, therefore, he says, who refuse to hear him, and do not accept the saving faith. For he that came to illumine came not in order to judge, but to save. He, therefore, that disobeys, and thereby subjects himself to the greatest miseries, let him blame himself as justly punished. For I am not the cause thereof, who desire to save those that are going to fall into judgment, and who came for this end. For he that makes a law punishing the disobedient, makes it not for the sake of punishing them that transgress, but in order that they that hear may take heed of it and be safe. I therefore, having come to save, charge you to believe, and not to despise my words, inasmuch as the present is a time of salvation, not of judgment. For in the day of judgment, the word that called you to salvation will bring the penalties of disobedience upon you. And of what nature was the word that I spake? From the Syriac from the eighth book of St. Cyril's commentary on the Gospel of John, what he saith concerning the heretics, who, desiring to conceal their impiety, use obscure language. For justly their conscience does not suffer them to speak plainly, although an impulse from within urges them to lift up their horn on high, as it is written, and they speak evil against him who truly and by nature is God, namely the only begotten, who reflects the nature of the Father, being the essential and natural likeness and image of Him. From the Eighth Discourse of St. Cyril's Commentary on the Gospel of John For it is by Jesus Christ that those who believe have glory and indwelling with God. And the divine Paul contends on our side, writing thus, that it was God who was in Christ reconciling the world unto Himself. For let none of those who are accustomed after a foolish manner to hear the scripture which is inspired by God corrupt what is read, when it asserts that God was in Christ. Or think that Paul says, one clothed with the Spirit, for the expression is not very correct. For Christ is indeed by nature God, and not a man clothed with God as one of the prophets. Similarly, in the eighth book of the Commentary in the Gospel of John. Therefore, a type of the change is that faith which justifies, which when the Son receives unto himself, he truly causes to approach the Father also. For there is one Godhead in them both, and an undistinguishable glory of essence. On this account also, the wise Cyril, in the eighth book of the Commentary in the Gospel of John, wrote as follows. Was therefore the mystery of Christians so adorable and great, an image or shadow, or rather an imagination or phantom, or was it verily real? And did Manes, that lover of heathendom, and a guilty wretch too, as well as ungodly, indeed make no mistake, no not at all? But is it rather we who err, in reasoning thus against these men? But these things are not so, God forbid. Let them rather be cast away on some mountain far off, or to the waves, as some say. 
for not in vain do we believe that he was a man that is one who in everything was like ourselves sin only excepted end of section three end of commentary on the gospel of john book eight by cyril of alexandria translated by rev thomas randall